Hey, y'all. It's Linz. That's your cue. <laughs> Hello. It's no. Chris. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? We've done like six sound checks. <laughs> Chris is still wearing his work clothes. So he's it's like still in work mode. He keeps talking like he's in a business meeting. So um, bear with us while we get our stride. <laughs> Catch our stride or whatever. So what are we talking about tonight? Um, sh- don't. I gotta do the intro thing. Oh. Don't don't get ahead of yourself. Um, so this is episode twenty eight of the podcast, oddly adulting, and I am live with my man Christopher. Hello. Uh, in the laundry room. The permanent location of the oddly adulting podcast, since this is really my home away from home even within my own home. So, um, as promised, I got Chris signed up to come back on the podcast and we have, we're going to be, um, (laughs) dissecting a topic, one topic in particular, um, hopefully with not too many, um, little rabbit trails, but first things first, we have to talk about our most recent producer. So Chris, did you hear we had a new producer? I did not. Yeah, well, it's our new producer, not our. I mean, mine. You oh, ours. Okay. Yeah. Yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are you're a producer, but Possessive. I'm a producer. I, I, I mean, I'm yeah. the ultimate definitely person a, who's connecting the producers. The J. Um, on your person the, on the end there. Sh- we'll talk about it in stop a second. Stop it. No teasers. So, we have a new producer, and the, our producer happens to be the president of the Chris Carson fan club. Do you know who this this person is? Does she live in Maryland? Yes, she does. Oh, okay. Well, I gotcha. Yes. Yay, drum roll. My newest producer, who I know, I mean, I know she's been a producer for months because she's been listening and telling me that she's listening. So, um but I recently received a PayPal um, donation of $20.07, which if you look at it written out is 2007, which happens to stand for the coded message in the donation is the year 2007, mm. which is the year that we met online. Yes, that's a thing. Most of my friends live in my computer and um, one by one, I'm trying to meet all of them in person. As travel permits itself. And this particular friend you guys also know very well because she was the star of the episode City Mouse, Country Mouse. So big, huge thanks to Nasreen for her generous donation. Thanks to you. You're keeping the lights on for a whole month plus some over here at Oddly Adulting. And I am just as glad as you are that 2007 brought us together. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And like I said, like I referenced before, um, she is the president of the Chris Carson fan club and she has a special, there's a special place in her heart that you occupy because she finds your oddness very endearing. So (laughs) in fact, my favorite thing that she likes about you, which is one of the things that drives me absolutely bananas about you is that we'll be having a conversation about something and like sort of whatever that conversation is about, will just sort of like naturally morph into the next topic of conversation. And then, you know, we might, we might cycle through like multiple topics, um, you know, and timeframes. And then from somewhere out of nowhere, he will be like, and you know what else about da, 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 da. And he'll just randomly pull this topic out of thin air that we were talking about. Who knows how long ago it could have been earlier in the day, the week, the year, who knows, but that it drives me bananas. But Nazarene finds that particularly endearing about you. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> thank you. How Nas. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we are going to, talk about um one topic in particular and um Chris has his tablet out because I asked him if um uh is someone knocking? Yeah. Who is it? Cut wait, yeah. come in. What you need, baby? I can't get to sleep. You know why you can't sleep? What? It's cause you're not in your bed. Mommy. <laughs> Don't hey, listen. 
We're recording live on the air. It's because, um, Are you here to tattle? Love you. Oh, I love you. Bye. Good luck. Good night. night. Okay, back to business. Um, we're going to talk about one topic in particular. And I kind of want to set this up because um, it sort of has a funny... In my in my mind, it's kind of funny, funny, ironic, funny, haha, funny, whatever. And it is that I love personality tests. Like any, I love I love personality tests. I love self help books. I love self help books designed to help you address your particular personality, like how to fix all the problems with your personality or like how to work from all the strengths of your personality. I love personality tests. Like I loved personality tests before this was cool. Like before the internet existed and you had to read books to take personality tests. Like I can remember being, um, so excited about the day in elementary school when you got to take the, what job should you do when you grow up test? Do you remember this? I don't think I took that test. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? I didn't need to file that away for later. Um, but anyway, I have always loved personality tests. In fact, I was reading in high school, um, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Mars and Venus on a date. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other personality related type books. Oh, the five love languages. Um, just really anything. Okay. So, so I have a, I have a well-established love of personality tests and as it relates to being married to someone, I have very, I have for a very long time thought, oh, it would really make sense, you know, to like know what the other person's personality is like. Are they sanguine? Are they choleric? Are they phlegmatic? Are they melancholy? Like what, how do we work together? And okay. So I said, I'm saying all of this to say that like for the Longest time. For the longest time. Oh, you know that song? I was just singing. For the long. Okay, anyway. <laughs> for the longest time, I have been trying to get Mr. Chris interested <laughs> in personality tests. Okay, because I thought if we could take personality tests, this would really work and we could find out all these things about us. He could find out all these things about me and it would be so helpful for him to understand me and I could understand him and it would be so great. So I have been kind of dragging him along for the ride for all of this time. And so in the last several years, what has become really popular? Enneagrams, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that was one of the ones I was trying to get him interested in, you know. But uh, I'm setting I'm setting up all of this for a punchline, okay? Because the punchline is no matter how much I tried to get him interested, his interest never developed, okay? Until very recently, mm -hmm. we were out on a date, and we were having it was a very r random. Um, we had never been on never been to an event like this. Um, it was on a Thursday night, totally random in our little town. They were having the, uh, the town, I think it's called like the women's club or something. It's maybe it's like the rotary club or something. I'm not sure. Um, the, this club was having an evening called quick draw. And basically they recruited all these local folks, some of whom are, are artists, like artists in their own right. Some of whom are self-proclaimed artists, some of whom are self-proclaimed non-artists, but were willing to come along for the ride for charity. And they, um, they had this event where for 50 minutes, for the first 50 minutes, the artists, the, somebody would say go and they would all start working on an original work of art. And it, they really had to start pretty much from scratch. Like they weren't allowed to do a whole lot of prep work ahead of time because the fun was that for 50 minutes, we were all milling around watching all of these artists create their original works of art, like in real time. And they only had 50 minutes to do it. And then at the end of the 15 minutes, all of the pieces immediately went up for silent auction. And so for an hour, the auction floor was open and you could mill around and you could bid 
um, on on stuff. And all of it, all of it, you know, was being donated to charity, of course. So our kids take an art class that I've told you guys about. And I sit in on the art class and do my own, um, <coughs> excuse me, painting exercises. And so our kids art teacher was in the quick draw competition. And so we went out to, um, to kind of see her in action and support her. And I bid on her, I bid on her, uh, painting, but I did not win. So, um, anyway, it was a really fun night, but while we were there, I say all of that to say, while we were there, um, Chris starts getting chatted up by Mr. Barry. Okay. And so this is where I'm going to hand the, the story kind of off to you. And if you start to, if you start to like fumble it up, I'll just interject, but here, here's the punchline for 18 years. I've been trying to get, yeah, I've been trying to get Mm -hmm. Chris interested in personality tests and lo and behold, it was not meant to be for me, but it was meant to be for Mr. Barry. Go. <laughs> so Mr. Barry walks up. He's uh, 80 years old, just kind of wondering, following his wife, as most good men do at a uh, art museum. Uh, so anyway, he's just uh, standing there. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And I'm, I ask him, so uh, how are you doing tonight? And how's it, how are things going? And so we start talking and asked him what he did uh, for a living, and he had a very interesting story. He uh, joined the army, uh, uh, became an army ranger, uh, kind of perked my interest a little bit. Uh, found out he was a captain in a uh, special forces uh, army ranger uh, unit, and then uh, after that, he did uh, a couple of years with the CIA, working as a profiler, and then eventually he went and got his law degree and became a, uh, a lawyer. And then, uh, after that, he, uh, after that he became Mr. Barry who wanders Barry, around public who, events. Yes. Profiling people. Pro- yeah. Profiling people. <laughs> it was kind of neat. Cause I was kind of talking with him and he, he basically, he's now a professor and he's uh, teaching some online classes. And he essentially asked me, uh, four, four simple questions. And basically he profiled me and told me exactly what he'd used me for. It was so, just kind of interesting. And and the 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 method by which he profiled was using the personality test that quantifies by what are the letters? It's right. E or I. Yep. This so is the, extrovert uh, or introvert. This is the Myers Briggs. The so Myers Briggs. That's what it is. So are you a uh, extrovert or an introvert? So, so basically So there's E I are you, the, you have to p- you pick one. You're either E or I. You're E or I. Okay, then what's the second category? You're either S or N, which is sensing mm-hmm. or... Or... Uh, what's the uh, N? Intuition. Okay, sensing or intuition. Okay. What's the third one? And the third um, one is... Uh, is it F or T? Feeling or, or thinking? Feeling. Yep. Okay, so you're either F or T, thinking or feeling. And then the last category is... Either J or P, which is judging or perceiving. Correct. So okay. essentially in less than 25 seconds, he told me how he would use me. In he team. rattled off Chris's four letters. Yep. You're a blah, 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 and I would have you be a blah, blah, blah. Yep. So what it was did just he say you would be? He wants to make me an army sniper and put <laughs> me in the trees and just have me sit there for days on end for one shot. Sounds about right. Yep. Chiggers and all. Ew. So. Um, so about this time, so they're having a very lively conversation and then I walk up and the guy, the guy says, Mr. Barry says, (laughs) Oh, is this your wife? And he's like, yeah. And he says, Oh, well you got here just in time. Your husband was attempting to answer some questions about your personality (laughs) because I'm trying to profile you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so he says, he says, yeah, let me ask you these questions. So he had only gotten what, two I already through got two like, questions. Yeah, and I already got those. And wrong. he 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 got them wrong. So he was yeah. zero for two. So the guy he made it. Mr. Barry made a joke about that. He said, "Well, you got here just in time because apparently your husband doesn't know you at all." <laughs> <laughs> so then he asked me the same four questions, and he rattled off my four letters. You're a blah blah, blah and you would be good at da da da. So from this moment in time, for a solid, I don't know, four weeks. Four. It's been like four Five weeks. weeks. I can't tell you the number of times that this man has tried to engage me in conversation about personalities, personality tests, Enneagrams, E-I-T-F-S-J-J-K, whatever. 
Yeah. And I'm just like, every time he starts, I just have to like, oh, I'm so glad you're finally interested in this. This is so great. Let's talk about it some more. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, which we're going to talk about some more. So did you have a quiz you wanted us to take? Sure. All right, I, I saw that open on your browser. That would four be four questions. That would be a good way to cover the the differences kind of, between you and me. And and there's definitely there's a. This is the Myers. These are Briggs. the four basic questions, and essentially, you can go online. There's a couple of good websites, uh, but um, none of which are sponsoring this podcast. Nope. So uh, so essentially, first question. Uh, basically you're totally exhausted because your week was endless and less than great. So you had a stressful week. Sounds about right. How are you going to it's spend only Tuesday your weekend? And I feel like I've had that week. <laughs> are you going to spend your weekend with friends <clears throat> or are you going to spend your weekend alone? Uh, just reading a good book maybe. So you got to kind of make that decision. I've had a stressful week. You've had a stressful week. Yep. No, read, read this. Cause this helps me make my decision. Oh, don't so, don't just summarize it. Okay, so all right, let me I'll read hold it all on, then. hold on. Let me explain what I'm looking at on your tablet. There are two explanations and two pictures. And he, all he what he just did is he just summarized the picture as either spend time with your friends or spend time alone. But you have to read the thing because this helps me make the decision. But that's one of my letters to my personality. No, but I'm asking. I'm requesting. So right. give, give us give us the long form. All right. So uh, you're totally exhausted. <clears throat> Hold on a minute. You're blown out my speaker. You don't have to talk that loud. Remember, we you're moved. totally exhausted because your week was endless and less than great. How are you going to spend your weekend? Are you going to call my friends and ask about their plans and then... Uh, Talk about a new restaurant that's opened, a nice comedy playing at a movie playing at the cinemas. Uh, maybe there's some big discounts at the paintball club. <laughs> we should all go out together. Is that you? If it is, your first letter starts with an E. Or would you rather, I'll switch on the don't disturb mode on my phone, stay at home, I'll watch a new episode of my favorite TV show, do a puzzle, and take a long bath with a book. If you, if that's you, it's an I. Okay. Well, this test already has made me a liar. Yeah. Because I would, if I've had a stressful week, I would, I would not pick, I would not pick the go out with my friends. I would pick the other one, but I'm not an introvert. So this doesn't. M Mr. Barry said you're an introvert. He said I'm an introvert. Correct. So I would like everyone to weigh in. Uh. <laughs> basically just email do you guys think Lindsay is extroverted or introverted i mean and, it's uh, not an we'll, insult to be introverted we'll i've just never know. had a single person who knows me call me an introvert <laughs> <laughs> i'm the most extroverted introvert i've ever met if that's the case all right we'll see we'll see what the audience thinks you are okay, introvert that's fair. or extrovert oddly adulting at gmail.com all right or hit me up on the instagrams at oddly adulting the second question which of these two descriptions suits you more the most important thing for me is what's happening here and now. I assess real situations and pay attention to details. Yes. <laughs> if that's you, your letter would be an S. Okay, I'm an S. For sensing. Okay. Facts are boring. I love to dream and play over upcoming events in my mind. I relay more on intuition than information. If that is you, your letter would be an N. What are you? Yeah, I'm a... I'm a an N for in, intuition. You're an no, N? I'm an S. What? Yeah. We're the same? Yes. We're How is this the possible? Same. <laughs> we're the same on the second letter. Okay. We're both S's. Fair enough. No, you're an N. What? No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, this test lies. It lies. All right. You picked a bad test. <laughs> yeah, you don't like the facts. Well, yes, I do. No. You like to organize them, but you don't care about the details. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now. You just want to plan. Oh, my gosh. All right. Third question. <laughs> A competitor of your current employer is trying to entice you. You have doubts because the salary is much higher there, but the staff here is great. Moreover, the head of, of your department hinted that he will recommend you to the bosses when he retires. How are you going to make a decision? So the first one is, I'll learn all the available information about the competitor, ask my HR manager for advice, draw a chart with all the pros and cons in such cases, 
It's important to weigh up all arguments and assess the situation with a cold mind. If that's you, you're a thinker. Or, I listen to my feelings. I always try to follow my heart. That would make an F for a feeler. Well, I mean, I'm going to say I'm a thinker, but you're probably going to tell me that I'm wrong. Mm. Um, no. I don't think so. What? You're you're a T. Mm, okay. Yeah, you're an N, you're you're an N and a T. Okay. I thought I was a whatever. Mm-hmm. Go on. Okay. Yep. And of course What about you? Um I'm a I'm an F in this category. <laughs> so I'm introverted, sensing. So I'm the cold-hearted snake and feeling. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get to the last question. Only two weeks are left before you close close a friend's wedding. Oh, before your close friend's wedding. Before your close friend's wedding. How are Ugh, preparations going? Me? Do I have to be in the wedding? <laughs> One month ago, I choose the saxophonist who will play a medley of our school songs. Oh, I already know what the answer collect is. The couple's photos, love story, compose a poem, press my suit, made appointments with the stylist and makeup master. I prefer to be fully armed. Yeah, Jay. That's me. <laughs> So basically, do you have a to-do list? Yeah. Or, why prepare? I'll be having oh, fun you. and enjoying <laughs> myself at the party. That's I'll you. I'll improvise my wedding speech. Why prepare? The that's best like things your... <laughs> happen spontaneously. P. Why prepare is like, that's like your life perceiving. motto. That's like your motto. If Chris had a motto, it would be like, why prepare? <laughs> yeah. So J is for judging and P is for perceiving. Okay. So, if you so, put those letters together... Mr. Barry thought I was a... He thought I was an I-N-T-J. Correct. So, the difference between... And I'm going to use... Uh, this is a certain website. So, what they do is they actually have uh, names for each of these personality types. So, we're going to let the audience weigh in. So... Uh, I think I'm an ESTJ. I don't think I'm an INTJ. I don't think I'm an INTJ. Well, we know what I am. Let's just let's just go with that. I think I'm just old and curmudgeonly now. I don't think I'm actually an introvert. I think I'm just a curmudgeon. Right. Well, I am an ISTP, and ISTP is called the virtuoso. The other the other name I've seen a lot on the internet is the craftsman. Essentially, uh, here's a quote. I wanted to live the life, a different life. I didn't want to go to the same place every day and see the same people and do the same job. I wanted interesting challenges. And, of course, that's from Harrison Ford. So here's some just funny things. Uh, Other people who have the same personality. Uh, Michael Jordan, Clint Eastwood, um, Daniel Craig, Tom Cruise. (laughs) Arya Stark, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, Hawkeye, Jack, Jack Bauer, Bauer. <laughs> John McClane, uh, James Bond, you know, Jessica Jones. Hmm. All the all those, you know. I haven't seen you swing through the air on a vine recently. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm buying this. <laughs> <laughs> so again, essentially it's it's basically this personality type is really good with tools and can learn and uh, do different jobs, kind of. I mean, that's that's very true which, for you because yeah. the thing that you always describe yourself as to people, like when people ask Chris what he does, he says, I'm a jack of all trades but master of none. Yeah. So which course, is really not true. He's not good at everything. No. And, and so... <laughs> And some of that, the weaknesses is stubborn and sensitive, private, you. reserved, easily bored, dislikes commitment, and risky behavior. No, you don't have risky behavior. Well, I do Never. like to fly airplanes. It's fun. Yeah, but that's... Some people consider that risky. Yeah, but it took you hours and hours and hours and hours of work and studying to become a pilot. So it's not like you just like grabbed an airplane and went flying. So, All right, well, pretend like I was... Uh, I'm an I-E-S-T-J. I think I'm an EST. No, that's TJ. That's ENTJ. I think I'm an ESTJ. INTJ. No. Mm-hmm. I'm this. No, I'm the executive. ESTJ. 
Okay, here's what the ESTJ says. Good order is the foundation of all things. Edmund Tr- Burke. That's true. <laughs> so, is Lindsay like <laughs> Judge Judy? <laughs> yes. Ella Baker, Frank Sinatra. Who's Ella Baker. Laura Linney. Lyndon B. Johnson. How boring. Uh, Boromir. Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. <laughs> no, you're Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Violet, Cro- uh, Violet yes. Crawley from Downton Abbey. No, 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 wait. I don't want to be her. Yeah, she's the old lady. No, just... no, not <laughs> not the Dowager. I want to be the Dowager Countess. Find who the Dowager Countess is, and that's who I want to be. I don't want to be Violet Crawley. She's Matthew's mom. I think it is Violet. No, I don't want to be her. Rob Stark. Lisa K- hmm. Kuday. I don't like that list. Hmm. See, All I right. I well, I don't think this is you. What are the strengths and weaknesses? Well, well. Oh my gosh, I cannot read. One of the things that Chris and I completely cannot gel on is is when he is scrolling on a tablet or a device of some kind, or if he's scrolling like Netflix. I cannot follow along. All right. Wait. Do my strengths first. What? Don't do my weaknesses. Well, I didn't do my strengths. <clears throat> I'm dedicated. Strong-willed. Strong Direct and honest. True. Loyal, patient, and reliable. I enjoy create. I'm not patient. You're right. <laughs> he did. Y'all should have seen this look. He went. <laughs> okay. We'll take patient out. Loyal and reliable. Enjoy creating order and excellent organizers. Here are my weaknesses. Go ahead. Read these. Inflexible and stubborn. True. Uncomfortable with unconventional conventional situations. Totally True. Judgmental. Yep. Too focused on social status. Mm, I don't know about that. Difficult to relax. Yep. Uh, extra true. Difficulty expressing emotion. Mm, depends. I'm pretty good at expressing anger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, now he wants to go back. And for the record, he wants to tell you the strengths as the executive. I mean, as the virtuoso. Uh, optimistic, energetic. No, you're not energetic. <laughs> creative and practical. Spontaneous and rational. <laughs> know how to prioritize. Great in a crisis Mm -hmm. and relaxed. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, I've had enough of that. And what I want to talk about now is I want to talk about the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Because this was the test that I tried to make him take earlier this year that he kind of blew off. He was sort of like, oh, that's dumb. But he did it because he loves me. And then I spent much, much time trying to research, like, what does this mean? I'm a this and he's a that. And what can this mean? And is our marriage doomed? Because it seems to me like two people that are next to each other in the number should probably not be together. But the internet says that it's actually okay. So we took the Enneagram test on, I think probably Enneagraminstitute.com. I'm guessing is where we found it. Or my Enneagram coach is another one that you can go to. Um, but they'll, if you go to my Enneagram coach, they make you sign up for emails to get your results. And then you get like one email a day, which is kind of annoying. But so we took the Enneagram test and, Ooh, I liked that. Go back to that. What was that graphic? Okay. Hold that for a second. So we took the Enneagram test and I came out as an Enneagram eight and Chris came out as an Enneagram Nine. And I was like, oh no, this has to be bad. Surely eights and nines can't get along. So the eight is considered the challenger and the nine is considered the peacemaker. And that's when I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) So while I'm saying what I'm saying, will you look up famous eights and nines? Because this is another punchline about the Enneagram. Okay, so here's the thing. As an eight, I am, like, highly offended by the fact that my personality is considered challenging. Like, I don't even like the name. I don't even like that it's called challenger. That, to me, is just, like, abrasive and, like, I'm just a ratty person. And, of course, Chris over here gets to be the peacemaker. And, you know, in Matthew chapter 5, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called... Sons of God. So, like, Chris gets all the good. He gets all the good rap, and I get all the bad rap as an eight. So that, I'm very salty about that. So hit us with some, hit us with some of the famous nines here that everybody, well, let me do it, actually. Let me, let me read who some of the famous nines are that everybody would just absolutely love to be related to. Okay, we have 
Jennifer Aniston. Like, who doesn't want to be Jennifer Aniston? David Beckham. Sandra Bullock. Laura Bush. Let's see, who else? Julia Child. Bill Clinton, even. Kevin Costner. Bing Crosby. Bing mm. Crosby. I like, okay. I like Dwight Eisenhower better. Dwight Eisenhower. Personally. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Shirley Jones. Grace Kelly. Chris Christopherson. Abraham Lincoln. Okay, these are the types of people that you get to be if you're a nine. Yeah, but what about Nancy okay. Kerrigan? Well, Nancy Kerrigan was framed. Anyway. <laughs> All of these are great people, right? Like, who wouldn't want to be called all these people? Now let's go through just a short list of people who were famous eights. Okay. You ready? Uh, we have Napoleon Bonaparte. Fidel Castro. <laughs> Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. I'll take Johnny Cash. Lucille Ball. That's fun. Uh, let's see. Michael Douglas. I'm doing this. Let me pick. Let me, I'm trying to pick the ones that really. Oh, here we go. Saddam Hussein. Uh, Nikita Khrushchev. Rush Limbaugh. Dr. Phil. The culture of the mafia. They put the culture of the mafia as a famous eight. Okay. There's Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never get to be as cool as Queen Latifah. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Uh... Let's see. Stop it. Stop it. Um, where's the other one? Stop it. You did. Here's. Stop it. Here's, Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin. Honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And then the, this one takes the cake in 2020. Donald Trump. There okay. We go. I have to be, <laughs> I have it. to be ranked among right world here. dictators. Mm -hmm. And ridiculous people of celebrity, except mm -hmm. Queen Latifah. She's cool. But, and you got to be like, Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. And, oh, everybody mm -hmm. loves Lisa Kudrow. And who could ever be mad at Sandra Bullock? Everybody just pray for me. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm so offended. I'm so offended by the list of famous eights because they're all horrible people. But... Knowing that I'm an eight and he's a nine can can be useful, and but mostly it's useful to know like how do these two people work together in a relationship? Okay, so I looked it up on the Enneagram Institute. Okay, and so they have a page. The Enneagram Institute has probably millions of zillions of pages since there's tons and tons of combinations of all of these. But they have a page dedicated to. When you are a type eight and a type nine in a relationship. Okay. So let's learn. Are you ready? Okay. I haven't read you any of this, have I? I'm scared. <laughs> I read it to my sister and she laughed herself to death. Okay. What each type brings to the relationship. Enneagram eights bring leadership qualities, a take charge. We can do it mentality that others usually look up to and rely on. They are full of self-confidence and vitality and feel like a force of nature that cannot be denied. Nines generally admire these qualities in eights and often gravitate to them. Nines typically tend to live vicariously through the positive qualities of the other. And eights like to have people around who are impressed and stimulated by the eights' leadership, vitality, and brashness. Nines genuinely admire the eights' ability to make things happen and to fearlessly take on challenges. On the other hand, nines bring a sense of calm and stability that eights find soothing and necessary for their well-being. They also bring to eights a feeling of quiet pride in the eights' bravado and more assertive qualities, encouraging eights to continue in their take-charge style. Even healthy eights spend a lot of time overcoming obstacles and adversity. They are fighters trying to survive and make their mark on the world. Nines are like a safe harbor, a respite, a person with whom eights can let down their guard and relax. They tend, therefore, to teach each other what the other lacks. Eights bring nines self-confidence and self-assertion, while nines teach eights which battles are worth fighting for and how not to push so hard. The eight-nine couple is thus like fire and water, an active force and a receptive force that has an archetypal feeling about it. See, we're archetypal. 
Unfortunately, there's some very famous archetypes like um, Romeo and Juliet or... Mark Antony and Cleopatra. Yep, that's the one I was searching for in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Their roles are well-defined with each... Did you? Could you tell that that's what I was searching for? I'm not I sure. was visualizing the peop- the actors from that show. I was TV getting show. a look that I better know. Their roles are well defined with each playing a parenting role toward the other. One is usually the daddy while the other is the mommy. Creepy. Although this does not go along gender lines as might be expected. Both have powerful... It's true. I'm totally the daddy. <laughs> Pray for me, folks. Do it now. I said do it. <laughs> <laughs> both have powerful drives and strong willpower both like comfort and simplicity both want to create a safe retreat from the world when these forces and their talents are harnessed together after the same goals this pair can be dynamic and powerful but also comfortable and receptive at the same time okay so how do you feel about all that one two three four five Six, seven. I don't know what you want me eight, to say. Nine, ten. A very wise lady once told me that if I asked my husband a question, I needed to sit back and count to ten before I said anything else so that he would have time to think about his answer. Mm. And oftentimes I get to ten and Chris still hasn't answered, so I just go back and I start counting again. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what do you think about that? Do you think that sounds like us? Because I, I think that definitely sounds like us. Like I, I re- so. I remember when I met you, I just thought that you were like the most stable, like calm, loyal, like bomb proof, like super steady, rock solid that that was all the, that's what i thought about you i just thought like nothing would ever phase you nothing would ever ruffle you and like hardly anything ever has hmm. i have to get like super crazy for it to ruffle you isn't isn't that true yeah like multiple times not just the first time like the first time <laughs> of me getting crazy it doesn't really have any effect on you so <laughs> okay so now i'm going to read the next part and then i'm going to tell a story on us okay, okay. potential Trouble spots for issues. Uh-oh. <laughs> One of the main problem areas for people of this combination is that as they deteriorate, their defenses go in opposite directions. Eights tend to push harder, while nines tend to increasingly shut down. Nines can become unresponsive, or worse, energetically pushing away the eight as a defense. Eights become more aggressive and belligerent, demanding that their energy be met. Nines respond by not responding. They go on emotional strike and may begin to react passive-aggressively, sabotaging the eights' activities in various ways. This causes eights to escalate berating and threatening the nine, or else to encourage eights to react passive-aggressively. Okay, so that is pretty much exactly how every fight we've ever had goes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So... One of the famous things that I, that I tell, if I have the opportunity to give a young couple advice, like at my sister's wedding, um, at her, um, not wedding, the, uh, what's it called? Rehearsal dinner. At the rehearsal dinner during toasting time, you know, everybody was getting up and saying a few words and they were throwing out some advice. And so this is what I said. I got up and I toasted to her and her husband who are an awesome couple. And they're probably two of the people that I enjoy spending the most time with because they're just such a great couple. Like they really compliment each other. Well, it's like, it's comfortable to be around them. They don't make things weird. Like I think me and Chris make things weird sometimes because we'll fight in front of people and that makes people uncomfortable. When I say we will fight, I mean me, I will fight in front of other people, but not, (laughs) but not him. But anyway, so I was toasting them at their wedding rehearsal. And I said, I said, In the Bible, when it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, that does not mean stay up all night and fight. (laughs) Which was definitely what I thought it meant when we first got married. And we would be having a fight. Like, (laughs) Chris's reaction to fighting is just, like, shut it down. Just shut it down. And his main, the main way that he does that is he will just, what will you do? Fall asleep. Yeah, he just falls asleep in the middle of the fight. 
<laughs> like where I'm raging and I'm raging and I'm this and I'm I'm like a machine gun. I'm like that 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 you know. And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And he just I ultimately I would look over at him and he would be asleep, and I would get so mad. I would be like, wake up and fight with me. Wake up and fight with me. Like if you loved me, you'd fight with me. And he's just looking at me like what is wrong with you? What, if I love, I'm not going to fight with you. If I love you, I don't want to fight with you. I don't just want to have peace. And I'm like, if you loved me, you'd fight with me. And at this point it's 1am. So, <laughs> and I have to go to work. At seven. <laughs> He's thinking I have to get up and go to work in the morning. I'm like, me too. Stay up and fight. So anyway, I've had to learn this over the years that like fighting with Chris late at night is totally pointless because he will fall asleep in the middle of the fight. But still sometimes circumstances get the best of me. And I just feel like I have, we have to have a fight. Like I have to, we have to fight. Cause I, I am more like a volcano. Like when I get mad I, and, and then I erupt afterwards, I feel better. I'm good. Like, and now that I'm walking around among the charred remains of everyone else around me, like everybody else is, you know, smoldering because my, hot lava of anger has exploded on them, but I'm good. Like I feel better. I'm ready to move on. So occasionally, even though we are eight, almost 18 years into marriage, this will still happen. And I'm not proud of these moments, but I am going to tell, I'm going to tell the story on us. So most of my friends have heard this story before. So sorry, y'all will just have to be bored. Um, but for anyone who hasn't heard it, uh, this was maybe like a year after we moved into this house and one thing about our, because I'm a stay at home mom or a work at home mom, whichever you consider it. I'm an, I'm an at home most of the time mom. So, so we agreed long time ago that most of the house stuff was sort of like my domain. And then the like outside the house stuff was his domain. So like cars, trash, yard, that sort of thing. But the one thing that I ask him to do in the house is dishes, dishes. And like, we even, we talked about this in premarital counseling, that he agreed to do dishes and to the point to where even our oldest daughter, when she was little, she would go, dishes, man's work, daddy. <laughs> so Chris, do- Chris does the dishes. Like he does the dishes so often that shortly after we moved into our house, so we'd only been in our house a couple of months, he went out of town for the weekend of my birthday. You jerk. Uh, but he flew producer Nazarene in to keep me company for the weekend. So that was like my birthday present. So that was a great birthday weekend. I actually did not know how to turn on the dishwasher. I had to have Nazarene help me turn on the dishwasher. So I was turning like 30, it's five years ago. So I was turning what? 33. Mm. Didn't know how to use the dishwasher. So he does the dishes, but he doesn't always do the dishes exactly the way that like I would do them if, if right. I did so dishes, practice. yeah, if yeah. I did dishes and if, if I was a standard thorough about dishes. it, I would do it a certain way. And he right. doesn't always do it that way. Right. And one of the things that, that has like repeatedly <laughs> gotten my goat is the fact that he doesn't put the dishes away in the right place. Like mm. everything, a place for everything and everything in its place. Like when you are the CEO of a household, which I sort of consider myself to be as a stay at home mom. There's a place for everything. Like, I know where I want this bowl to go, and I know where I want this measuring cup to go because I'm the one that has to get it out the next time I have to cook something. And so I was just really taking it personally that he would not put stuff away in the right place. So we were having a fight about this. This is So he's in the middle of doing the dishes, and he's has just, like... He's opened the, so he had to unload the dishwasher first before he could do the dishes. And so he's unloading the dishwasher and I'm standing there and I'm going, that's not where that goes. That's not where that goes. This goes over here. This goes over here. And I'm watching him do this and I'm just getting like, oh, I'm getting so ragey about it. And so he takes a bowl out of the dishwasher and it's his favorite. He had a favorite cereal bowl and it was a bowl that did not match any of the rest of the bowls. I don't know where it came from, but it was just a random bowl, but it was nice and heavy. It was like, I think you just liked, what did you like about it? I don't know. He just liked the way it felt in his hands. It was like a very manly bowl, you know, not like a pastel, you know, pink or anything. It was a very manly bowl. And so he takes his favorite cereal bowl and he opens the cupboard and he, he puts it in there, but it, it like won't quite go because there's 
you know, other bowls in the cabinet. And so instead of like trying to arrange it or stack it, he just kind of like keeps pushing, thinking like, I'll, I can make it fit. You know, I'm going to make it fit. And as he pushes, (laughs) I still can't believe this happened. As he is pushing his cereal bowl into the cabinet, lo and behold, my favorite fluted salad bowl comes crashing out the other side of the cabinet. So he's pushing hard enough that he's pushing against another bowl that is pushing my salad bowl enough that it opens the cabinet door and it falls out and it shatters everywhere. And I am pissed. I'm like, that was my favorite salad bowl. That's not even where that salad bowl goes. If you would put something away where it goes, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. And he hasn't said a word. He's just standing there looking at me like, Oh boy, here we go. And so in that moment, like I was just seeing white hot rage. Like I don't even know what possessed me, but I walked over, I opened the cabinet, I grabbed his favorite cereal bowl and I stomped across the entryway, opened the front door and threw the cereal bowl down on the concrete front porch. <laughs> It made the most amazing shatter sound I've ever heard. Like, it was such a poor decision and so delicious in that moment. Like, the the feel of that cereal bowl leaving my hand and the sound of it shattering everywhere on the front porch was just like... mm, It was just... It hit the spot, like, right in that moment. And I twirled around on my heel and I started to stomp back to the kitchen. And right then... I see out of the corner of my eye, up to the right, three little faces looking through the the bars at the top of the landing because the top of our stairs has a little landing that looks over the entryway and every word that is spoken in the kitchen travels up the stairs and onto the landing and all three of our kids were laying there watching the entire scene. And so I got to like... Halfway back to the kitchen, you know, my victory stomp back to the kitchen, realize that all three of our kids have seen this, and I go, Mommy has to get the broom now. <laughs> and I stomp into the kitchen and I grab the broom and I stomp back out to the front porch and then I like rage sweep all of the pieces of the bowl up and put them into the dumpster and then I come back inside and I put the broom up and I'm like, Time for bed. <laughs> and. So again, I pose the question, is Lindsay an introvert or an extrovert? <laughs> That's such because, an extroverted way to fight. That's because such an extroverted way to your fight. Your Enneagram. No, my Enneagram is lines up with the personality type ENTJ. That's extrovert. Which is commander. <laughs> which lines up more with Napoleon and Stalin. Stop it. So is she Gordon Ramsay? Margaret Thatcher. Whoopi Goldberg. Let's see who else we got in here. Tony Soprano. David Palmer. Oh, Mary Talbot. Mary, Mary from Downton Abbey. Mary so, that everyone Mary? hates on Downton Abbey. But the reason why everyone <laughs> watches Downton Abbey. So who who is Lindsay? Uh, Lindsay. Is she a Mary mess. from Downton Abbey or is she the grandmother <laughs> from Downton Abbey? You guys decide. Why don't you weigh in? So, <laughs> oddlyadulting at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, but the whole reason that this has been interesting to me because at work we've got, <coughs> excuse me, I have coronavirus. Just kidding. Uh, everybody wash your hands. Um, so basically, uh, at work I've got a couple more direct reports and just been trying to learn their, uh, personalities and conflict management skills. And like I said, four solid much, weeks, uh, four learning. solid weeks of having to talk about personalities People ever since he got problems. profiled on date night. And of course, people problems are always opportunities for growth and uh, I thought you were going to say people problems are because of problematic people. That, that's that's a good statement. See? <laughs> Only an eight could come up with something like that. But anyway, it's just been a good tool to use at work, and uh, it's been interesting uh, watching my wife try to figure out what she is. I know what I am, and not and not wanting to deny it. I am what I am. So, but at the end of the day, that that is true. No matter which, how you are, who you are, what your personality type is, you are who you are. And of course, Lindsay is just Lindsay. And 
I'm just Chris, so. <sighs> and here we are, living the dream, 18 yep. years later. We've been together uh, 21 years, though, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we met in 1999. Yep. 21 years this year. It's a good year. A couple good songs made that year. Hmm? Really? Hmm? Yeah. Like what? 1999. That was not made in that year. That's by Prince. That was, was from, that like, the oh, <laughs> was anyway. from, like, the 80s. Sorry. I was trying to think of any song that was I'm made in 1999. Musically retarded. That would be like Lynn Steal My Sunshine or something terrible like that. Um, or maybe like something by Cake. A quality tune by Cake. <laughs> 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 well, anyway. Um, I am still fascinated by personality tests, even though he's been bludgeoning me. Psychology 101. With personality tests. And, uh, you know what? It is funny. Like when I was in college, I don't remember taking any classes that really focused on personality tests. What would that be? If you were going to major, if you wanted to major, would it be psychology? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I hated my psychology professor. So that that explains that. We took a disc profile a long time ago when we went overseas. Hold on. I have to say something. My psychology professor on September 11th, knew about September 11th and did not inform us in class. We sat through a 90-minute class while the planes were hitting the the towers and only found out about it later. He knew it was happening. He saw it on the news before he came to class, and I will never forgive him for that. Mm. Could have been a psychologist if not for that horrible guy. Sorry. Okay, back to, the, back to the point. Sorry. I interrupted you. What was the point? <clears throat> I don't know. There's a train. Oh, there's, there goes the train. <laughs> um right. so yeah that's that's pretty much all i had it's pretty much all i had for you okay thanks for finally agreeing to sit down with me again well thanks for having me on you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> are you ready to go uh, produce this episode i think so 52 minutes <laughs> hard 52 to believe minutes right? later yep. um i really am sorry about your salad your cereal bowl okay. are you sorry about the salad bowl I don't even remember what salad bowl looked like. I don't even think you ever apologized, actually. Is oh. there anything you'd like to say right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't force it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do my job. Oh, oh it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, <clears throat> if you made it all the way to the end of this, uh, we appreciate it. You can find more episodes where you can stream off the website, oddlyadulting.com. You can also find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts on apps. I think it's available on all of those, right? Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you confirm? Stitcher, mm-hmm. iPhone, Apple, Apple podcasts, whatnot. Yep. And um, find me on Instagram at oddlyadulting. Feel free to drop your comment in the post for this episode about whether or not you think I'm an extrovert or an introvert. And if you made it all the way to the end of this, you know what I'm going to say. Why are you laughing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, Jesus loves you and I do too. Bye. Are you going to say bye? Bye.